welcome to Shruti Out Loud, a podcast where I invite guests from different walks of life to share their stories of following their passion, success, and happiness, which in turn motivates our listeners to follow their heart. Hi, welcome to another episode of Shruti Out Loud podcast. And as you know, we keep bringing you stories, we keep bringing you things that inspire you or educate you to how to live your life, how to make the right decisions, how to make conscious choices. And that's what Shruti Outlook podcast is about. And for today's session, uh, we are going to touch a topic that uh, I don't think so, to be very honest, I have ever heard about it or or even, you know, heard other people talking about it. So I'm really glad that we are doing this on uh, this session today. So let me start with a little intro of what we are really going to do today. So um, we have the opportunity to, you know, recommit ourselves to making the world a better place. Um, thanks to the theme of the World Mental Health Day celebration in 2022, um, also, which happens in this month, the month of October. Um, so the theme for this year, for uh, the year 2022 is make mental health and well-being for all a global priority and i think it's a much needed theme in the world that we are living in right now so lexicon rainbow therapy and child development center in pune offers counseling and testing services for parents of children with special needs and as i mentioned that you know i haven't really heard a lot about this topic so i'm very keen on taking this ahead so uh, this center, this uh, Lexicon Rainbow Therapy, they help kids with autism, um, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, Down syndrome, global development delay, speech and communication disorders, and cerebral palsy, to name a few. With advances in the medical and pediatric fields, it is possible to diagnose a child very early. Um, early intervention can make a huge difference and change the course of a child's further development. This will have a major impact not only on the child, but the entire family's mental well-being as well. So today we have Dr. Isha Soni, Senior Occupational Therapist, Co-Founder and Center Head of Lexicon Rainbow Therapy and Child Development Center. And she is going to address the topic, Mental Health of Parents of Children with Special Needs. So let me bring her on board and let's take this conversation ahead. Hi, Dr. Sony. First of all, let me thank you for being a part of this session and uh, spreading out knowledge which is much required and much needed and which is not really talked about. So thank you. My pleasure to be on board with you and also to spread awareness so that we can reach a maximum people and sensitize them about this topic. Absolutely. I think it is a much needed uh, information, much needed topic uh, for the time that we are living in. So I would like to start off with the very basic, the very first question to sort of, you know, take this ahead. So what do we mean when we say children with special needs? Yeah, so see, as the term goes, children with special needs is children who need special assistance due to various reasons. 
so you know they may be um, lagging in motor milestones that is physical milestones you know maybe they have difficulty walking or climbing stairs so that is one the other aspect is speech delay so you know children who have difficulty communication uh, with communication talking in day to day life so that is uh, about the speech delay the other delay is like you know the social understanding or if the child is finding uh, social skills uh, to be able to you know be an important uh, part or an active part of the society so you know that is um, like Uh, what we will say as uh, social um, deficits or uh, it becomes like a social challenge for the child so here also the child needs special assistance and uh, the fourth one being a uh, cognitive understanding that means you know the concept development or the concept understanding of the child so these are all the four uh, developmental domains that we talk about a child and when a child is finding any of these things either all or even any one of this then we call it as um, children with special needs absolutely so um, dr soni my next question for you would be how soon can it be seen in a child and how can parents help their child deal with it at first yeah so um, it can uh, like you know come to the notice of parent at uh, any time like you know uh, it depends on what the situation is so many times we have a uh, preemies that is you know premature babies so with those children uh, they are always put at high risk for development so you know because they have uh, you know um, been born before expected the development is always delayed and many times we see that uh, these children they kind of struggle or they have had very traumatic birth uh, maybe the oxygen supply to the brain was not uh, you know efficient uh, during birth so then these children they are at very high risk of uh, having speech and motor delay so uh, these parents they are on toes right from day 0 with the child and uh, like you know if even if the child is missed one or two milestones so say by month 4 or month 5 so uh, ideally a child is supposed to you know have a good head neck control by uh, one and a half months two and a half months and then uh, when the parent kind of sees that okay you know it's been four months now and the child is still not able to do it so then they start taking uh, therapies um the other very common condition or the topic is uh, autism so the symptoms of autism they come to the fore uh, for the parent around uh, age 1 year and some parents uh, or some children they kind of show symptoms around 18 months so then you know that's the time that they start doing it and uh, i it again also depends on the type of condition that the child is having so some defects or uh, you know some conditions are present right from birth which can be identified at birth for example down syndrome or for example cerebral palsy so then these all the for all this 
the intervention starts from the beginning the pediatrician uh, itself or the neonatologist does counsel the parent that you know your child will need help uh, for his growth so that's how um, it varies condition to condition right so next i want to come to uh, the main topic that we are really talking about here which is the parents so now we come to the question about parents and you know everyone is always concerned about how the child is doing how is he or she recovering or uh, is he walking or talking yet nobody really thinks about the mental health of the parents of these children and how do parents handle it uh, well it's a very very tough task so you know when parents uh, they come to us for the assessment of a consultation um i think more than 60 70% of the times we do uh, you know see parents who are extremely tensed they cry um while we take their birth histories or when we are talking about the child's development um they end up in tears uh with worries and concerns about you know how the future is going to be uh what their child is uh you know uh, what kind of life the child is going to lead i mean the questions are endless in their mind for children who have you know uh, motor skill challenges so like you know for a child who has cerebral palsy that uh, parent is always going to wonder is my child ever be able to walk for children who have uh, autism and who have uh, not uh, been able to have access to early intervention or you know where in uh, maybe they were in denial for a long time and they kept on waiting for the child to be okay automatically or uh, you know talk by himself so then when they come to us late say at age 5 years 6 years of age so you know that's the time when the parent feels is my child ever been able to talk or communicate with us so such are the concerns of parents and uh, actually uh, like you know it's the parent who is struggling because you know the parent doesn't want to leave any stone unturned any leaf unturned for their child and uh, you know keeping about keeping behind uh, all other priorities their priority becomes the child i have seen so many uh, mothers or even at time fathers you know who have to give up their uh, successful careers and um, you know they have to be like totally dedicated towards their child's therapies and progress and um, even schooling is a big challenge for children so like you know till preschool everything seems and looks good and nice but then once uh, you know it's the time that the child has to go to a primary school say grade 1 um many times the other schools they don't accept the child so uh, they struggle with the child and the like the parent struggle is uh, real in every aspect you know be it school be it social many times children have meltdown so you know going outside socially becomes very embarrassing or challenging for the parent so like you know going to a birthday party or even for you know going for a family dinner going for a movie all of this uh, becomes very challenging and the parent uh, kind of you know they feel isolated there is a lot of um, i think we'll come to that topic later i want to talk about social taboo and stigma as well right 
because from the conversation that we are having right now i can imagine that you know it is a day to day challenge like every day there is no really you know respite from it like this is how it is and this is how they have to deal with it on a daily basis so dr soni could you tell uh, us a bit about the therapies that can help uh, these parents yes so see the therapies are many and as i told uh, you know no parent wants to leave any kind of stone unturned for the child many times they fall uh, trap to um, you know therapies which are not evidence based as well so uh, you know just because they kind of uh, you know hear it out from someone or they have read about it somewhere they are like okay you know let me try this but i always uh, i always urge and insist parents that you know they should always go in for only evidence based therapies so the evidence based therapies are um, occupational therapy sensory integration therapy speech therapy and special education so these four are actually the evidence based therapy and of course not to forget psychological services be it for um, you know um, the parents or the child and even aba therapy so these are the therapies that are uh, available for children and uh, again it depends on the condition of the child that you know what challenges or what delays the child is facing so you know if it is speech and communication then uh, the child is recommended to undergo speech therapy and communication therapy if the child is very hyperactive or has sensory issues so then the child needs to see an occupational therapist if the child has severe behavior issues then the child needs to go to a to an aba therapist and many times for parents who need to understand and need more guidance about how to handle their child then they need to undergo counseling parental counseling services right so um, so now let's talk about uh, social stigma that you mentioned just before this um so yeah. could you tell uh, you know let's that the, the what kind of social stigma comes with it and how it affects the parents so see you know i think now the times have changed a lot so now we have children we have mother toddler programs and you know we have children going to daycares right from you know age 2 and a half 3 months of age as well and then that's where a social community starts building for the pair for the mothers or for the parents and for the child so you know they kind of start comparing okay you know is your child still talking or oh why is he not yet walking uh my child has started doing this he started addressing me as mama you know this is my child's first word we have uh, like you know every month uh, these days the the generation of uh, today the parents these days parents you know they even like cut a birthday cake for every month for the child for the baby till the child turns one so you know there is so, so much of social media pressure also i would say and um, even though we are within the confines of our home but still our life is uh, like you know like an open book to everyone due to social media so there is a lot of pressure that okay you know my child is not talking not walking yet or is not looking um, to me in my eyes or he's not responding or he's not behaving 
so this is the kind of social taboo and stigma that is attached one is due to the constant comparison and second when the child is actually maybe you know the child uh, suppose he is gone to a birthday party or a family dinner and the child is finding it very noisy or the child is not liking the new place and so many people around so actually the child is being uh, you know facing a sensory overwhelming situation but which Uh, gets interpreted by others as bad behavior or that you know the child is not obedient not listening the child is having meltdown so you know uh, certain children they are very sensitive to loud sounds and of course you know in a birthday party there is a, there are balloon bursting there are party poppers and what not so then it Uh, you know the parents are in a very fixed kind of situation and they find it very embarrassing because others start staring at the child uh, there are many questions that the parents have to face oh why is he doing like this oh he doesn't like it um, maybe he is very sensitive he is very delicate you know such kind of comments the parents come across there are also um, Uh, they the parents they also face a kind of stigma or a taboo from their own families so you know there are high expectations uh, from their own parents grandparents and like you know there are some families who like you know where everyone is a scholar or they are like very successful and then when they have a child in the family who is showing any sort of delay so it uh, becomes uh, you know people actually start finding reasons as to why has this happened many times uh, you know the mother kind of is you know uh, held responsible for it or you know you did this wrong during your pregnancy and you know that's the reason uh, we are in this situation today so the parents they uh, the mother like you know the female herself she also starts um, getting isolated i have had uh parents in my uh, experience wherein you know they have stopped going and visiting their own set of parents because like you know the grandparents of the child because they don't know what to say and will they accept it so you know that's the kind of stigma or taboo that is attached with it and even when we talk about day to day life uh, you know it's something as simple as going down and playing in your uh, you know apartment or society garden the other parent will tell their child that okay you know you don't play with that child you know that there is something odd about that child so there's a lot i think like you know it's, it's the taboo and the stigma is uh, it surrounds the child from all aspect absolutely so uh, dr soni here i have uh, a question that i would like to ask you um could you maybe tell us about some signs some early signs or some signs that you know can help parents uh, understand that you know maybe their child uh, sort of you know his needs are special and it needs to be addressed that way so some some signs that you know are easy to see easy to sort of you know recognize but because they don't know so could you help us out with that a little yeah so over here i see there are two pictures one is uh, like you know uh, sometimes the parents are really not aware 
that okay you know my child is showing any kind of delay and the second sign is that you know uh, again these age parents they are uh, very very uh, well read about you know at what age what milestone has to be attained by the child but they are not ready to accept it and they are in a phase of denial so you know there are two pictures to it so for the first scenario uh, where the parent really doesn't know because uh, you know it's their kind of first time you know they have become parent for the first time and uh, many times they are staying in a nuclear family and you know they don't have anybody else to guide them so in that case uh, i would suggest the parents to not miss their uh, you know regular follow ups with their pediatrician of the baby because the pediatricians will know and they would actually be of great help to alarm the child alarm the parents that okay you know like now this is something really concerning that uh, we need to uh, take you know a further help or a further call on this so that is scenario 1 second scenario being that the parent already knows that okay the child is not talking but they are not ready to accept it and uh, just to mention a few very common signs are like you know your child should start responding the baby should start responding to the name when uh, the baby is between 7 months 9 months of age wherein like you know the child knows that okay you know this is my name and i am being called upon uh the child should start recognizing the mother or the you know familiar faces in the home and start giving a social smile um on the first birthday the child should uh, you know start talking at least four to five words be it you know mama papa any such kind of words um around 18 months of age uh, you know the child should start talking two phrases two word phrases so like you know mama water or uh, mama gumi any of this kind and uh, at two at three years of age they should be talking three word sentences now the uh, irony to this is we get many case histories wherein um, the child the parents come and tell us that ma'am my child is saying rhymes my child is saying numbers letters everything but he doesn't addresses as mama or papa so that is very very important so it's not uh, and like you know every child is different so it's not like we have the same set of symptoms for every child but it is very important that the child should be communicating the child should address mama papa all these things and of course motor delays is something which i think everybody can easily recognize but what usually goes missed are the signs of autism the child should also start pointing to his or her uh, body parts by age 1 the child should uh, also uh, you know start showing things of uh, his or her interest to the parent what we called as joint attention so these are a few signs which the parent should not miss and in case uh, they feel that there is a delay then they should definitely take help because they are the only ones who can change the course of development of their child unless they don't seek help the baby will not grow out of it automatically right uh, so before moving on to the last uh, section of this session i have one more question that i uh think i have seen amidst my uh, friends who have kids and you know these are the conversations that we hear so um nowadays what really happens is that parents they 
even when our child is say one year old or uh, even six months, seven months, they have started giving these kids access to either phone or um, the uh, iPads or the, the, the th things like that. So, and usually what is happening is that because of that also a lot of delays are happening because mm -hmm. the child is not really socializing. Uh, the child is right. not really interacting and is totally glued to the screen. So I would like to know uh, your thought about the same. Yes, so the American Association of Pediatrics, it strictly says uh, zero screen time, zero minutes of screen time for children zero to two years. And I tell this to all the new parents who I come across, because uh, these two years, the first two years are very, very crucial for the child to develop her or his milestones so you know if the child uh, many times the intent of parent is not wrong the intent of parent is that okay you know the child is loving to watch nursery rhymes and you know what gets tagged as educational videos that is what the parent usually uh, that's the reason they give the mobile to the child that, okay, you know, my child will learn letters, numbers, my child will um, be entertained by these nursery rhymes. But I tell all the parents and I again urge them strongly, you be the source of entertainment for your child and do not make the mobile the source of entertainment for your child. Because from ages, like, you know, right from the time human race is uh, there, we never had all these gadgets and yet all of us have had a wonderful, you know, course of development. Intelligence is not something that will come from mobile. It is first important for the child to walk, talk and, you know, learn to be social, then be intelligent academically. These days, we consider only academic intelligence as intelligence, but I believe a lot of, um, you know, uh, importance should be given to something called as emotional intelligence also. And like, you know, being sensitive to the other people around because today's children are tomorrow's, uh, you know, the, they are going to be the future generation and the uh, major workforce globally. So we need to sensitize them in a correct way with good emotional intelligence. And it's a strict no. Uh, zero to two years is a strict no as recommended by American Association of Pediatrics. Right. So here I would like to share an example that uh, my friend, she had a baby and I think she was a year old or so. So her grandmother would just, you know, uh, give her phone or something to, okay, you know, just basically to pass the kid's time. So my friend really drew uh, a boundary here and she completely refused that, no, I am not letting uh, that happen to my kid. And my kid is not going to get any screen time. And she's very tiny right now to even, you know, uh, look at such things. So, but I really appreciated that part when she was sharing that thing with me. And I told yes. her that, you know, sometimes age is not, uh, age should not be a reason to sort of, you know, just uh, stop yourself from sharing what you think and sharing what is right. So I just wanted to share this one example. With yeah, so... Yeah, so even I would like to share and this is like from my own personal life and like, you know, a real example wherein my uh, mother-in-law, she has had five children and um, 
you know she she tells me very proudly like you know i have learned more ways of you know bringing up a child from you more innovative ways of bringing up a child from you than the way i have raised my children and uh, i think uh, you know we should uh, put our foot down for whatever is um, you know in the best uh, benefit of our child so no screen like you know uh, because uh, you know our parents or our in-laws they they are not aware about these you know developmental delays or concerns which the children are showing up these days and they always have a good intent of you know entertaining the child but uh, it it kind of you know just uh, you know um, flashes them out in another way so definitely um, we should put our point across absolutely so uh, dr soni before we end uh, this episode um is there anything that you would like to share um, with the parents any tips or any suggestions that they should know or think about or yeah just be aware about about yes so i would say that you know once they have embarked on a beautiful journey called parenthood or motherhood for that matter uh they should uh, not be you know overtly aware we we get to see the other side of it also where you know certain parents they they end up into helicopter parenting so that is not what we want to encourage but yes we should uh, pay attention to the milestone development of the child go to your doctor like you know go and get the correct source of information rather than you know just browsing online and in case you see a delay it's better to you know err on the side of caution than to repent later on and early intervention works wonders so you know if your child is in the right hand a lot can be changed because um, the first Three years are super crucial for the child's development, and even if there is a delay, they should not get shattered by it. But start working towards it because they are the only ones who can bring about the change in the child. So I would just, you know, tell I would like all the parents to, you know, hear about this. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Soni, for taking out time and sharing all these. um the 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 pointers with our audience and to sort of you know make them aware of how they can deal with it and how they should move ahead in this process so thank you so much for being a part of shruti outlaw podcast and i'm sure that our audience is going to appreciate all the information that you shared yeah it was absolutely my pleasure shruti thank you for this opportunity sorry so yeah i um, first of all thank you for watching this hearing this wherever you are and i hope this episode is going to help you out and answer some of your questions and we'll be back with more episodes on more such topics to create awareness to create uh, a world wherein you know you are living the life that you want to live with all the passion with all the love and with all the knowledge of leading a life that you want to live thank you so much see you next time shruti outloud welcomes all stories it can be a brand it can be an organization or it can be a person the only thing common would be passion for life please subscribe to this podcast on spotify google podcast apple podcast amazon music 
Ghana podcast and every other platform where you can hear this. Please leave a review as that helps my podcast to grow. Thank you once again. See you for the next episode. Bye.